Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Inspired by a true story from the late 70s and touching on legal and social issues issues that are as relevant today as they were 35 years ago, any day now is a powerful tale of love, acceptance, and family. When a teenager with Down syndrome is abandoned by his mother, a gay couple takes him in, becomes a loving family he never had. When their unconventional living arrangement is discovered by authorities, the men are forced to fight a biased legal system to save the life of the child and 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 come to love the son as their own. We're joined today by the director of Any Day Now, Travis Fine. Travis, welcome to Film School. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much. Um, very touching uh, portrayals on on the parts of all of the performers in the film. Uh, tell me a little bit about the genesis of the story and how it, you came to uh, to direct it as a feature film. Well, the, the script was originally written by a gentleman named George Arthur Bloom, who lived uh, in Brooklyn in the late 70s and, and knew this character, knew this guy, Rudy, um, who had taken in this young boy, was kind of looking after him, and kind of became the, the parent that the child, never, the child didn't have. Um, and George was so inspired by their connection that he, he wrote a screenplay and, and, you know, like all aspiring writers, uh, dreamed that it would get made very, very quickly. And, um, you know, it only took about 35 years from that first draft to finally getting on the screen. <laughs> only. Huh? Thankfully, right. Thankfully, uh, a couple of years ago, his son, uh, PJ Bloom, who's my music supervisor, mm-hmm. knew that I was looking for an original script. And, and he mentioned that his dad had written the script all these years ago that he had thought was pretty good, and, and I read it and was um, immediately sort of touched and inspired by the story between Marco and, and you know, the, the young boy and, and Rudy. Yeah. And um, thankfully, George let me uh, take, the, take the script, rewrite it, add some elements that were um, not only important to me but very personal to me, and, and uh, add some elements of music and and, it, and and once I started writing, it all came together very, very quickly. It was just... Uh, about four and a half, five months later, uh, we were on the set shooting the film. Yeah, well, it, it's uh, you know, in a way, the the speed with which um, the civil rights for gays and lesbians has been sort of accelerating. Um, the story goes back to a, in terms of acceptance, and the, the, the things are changing very quickly in terms of the perception of gays and lesbians in this country. But we're, this film takes place in the seventies. And things were very, mm-hmm. very different then. Um, and in the film, there's quite a bit of discussion about, uh, in terms of uh, just, just well, there's a lot of examples in the film, I should say, of just how socially unacceptable all of this was. Um, so did is today's events, as things are unfolding here, how much of an impact did, they, did it have on on the film itself and the production of it and maybe green lighting it. Do you think that this was, it was a part of what was, was what, how does that interact with, with the, any day now? Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it, if it, you know, was in a, sort of a determining factor in, in helping to get the film made. I, I, I do know that 
um, some of the people that are involved in the film, some of the investors and the, and the executive producers. Um, one of our executive producers uh, was an executive producer on The Kids Are All Right, mm-hmm. uh, and is a, a very loud and vocal champion for equality and for for, uh, for rights for all. And and then two of the other gentlemen who, who came on board very quickly um, have been partners for 20-plus years. They've fostered 33 special needs kids yeah. uh, over the course of their relationship. And, and uh, back in 2002, they went to the state of Florida where they live and said, we'd like to permanently adopt one of these 33 children that we've, you know, we've taken into our home and, and uh, helped take care of. And the state of Florida denied them that right. And it took them uh, eight years and, a, you know, a, a, a fortune that most people uh, don't have. And thankfully, you know, it's, they're very successful, and they were able to, to wage the legal battle and, and incur all the financial costs to fight the state of Florida. And in 2010, they won their victory and were able to legally adopt their son. So, yeah. you know, those kind of connections, those kind of deep personal connections, certainly um, inspired these folks to get on board with the film and, and, and want to help tell the, tour, tell yeah. the story. Yeah, and I'm sorry, you know what? I, I sort of jumped a little bit ahead in that, in that sense because you're right. As much as uh, there does seem to be a growing acceptance of gays and lesbians in this country, there are still lots and lots of places in the country. I think there's... Somewhere um, over half the country has con- has a constitutional amendments banning gays and lesbians from marrying, and also it's and especially difficult for uh, those couples who want to adopt. So, uh, sure. Well, well, what, yeah. and, and, and again, it's not just. I mean, you know, we're, we live here in America, and, and and the story certainly takes place in America. But you know, when you hear stories about Elton John going to the Ukraine and, and falling in love with. The, a young boy at an institution who is HIV positive that he wants to take home. Um, he and his partner wanted to adopt him. The Ukrainian government said you can't because you're gay. Right. Uh, when you've got countries in Africa right. where people can literally be killed for simply being homosexual. I mean, it's this is yeah. No, you know, it's, it's not a. It's it's certainly a. I mean, it's a worldwide um, yeah. issue. You know, when you talk about equality and rights, and you know, no yeah. matter what people how people choose to love. Uh, there are countries all around the world, and, and certainly states all around this country, that where it's much more challenging than, than in a lot of places, you know, more urban places like LA and New York. But, yeah, uh, know, good, good and, point. Absolutely right. Uh, it's sort of again, it's sort of the prism of the last few years here in America to to lose sight of the fact uh, that that this is a this is a this is still something that can get you killed. In a in a tremendous part, I mean, a huge part of the of the world, uh, and so uh, definitely. Well, I want to want to focus a little more on the film itself. By the way, we're speaking with the director of Any Day Now, uh, Travis Fine. Um, the uh, The film stars Alan Cummings, Garrett Delahunt, and Isaac uh, Leva. Um, Leva, thank you. As well as Francis Francis uh, Francis Fisher. It's got a, one of the things I always enjoy uh, uh, about um, independent films. Uh, are the the ability of a, a, a director to attract sort of the supporting cast of people getting very solid mm-hmm. performances out of the supporting cast in this film is really a, a one of its strengths um, Thank you. yeah it really uh, but Alan Cummings and Adela, uh, Garrett Delahunt are the, the the heart and soul of this film their relationship uh, uh, they're both terrific I, I know that Alan has been singled out for um, for um, awards and such but uh, both of them do a terrific job. Um, tell me a little bit about the dynamics that went into casting and and, and getting these performances from from the from the cast that you were able to do. Well, I, I'm glad you bring up um, 
you know, Allen getting some some maybe a, a bit more notice, but the strength and the power of, of Garrett's performance, you know, without that counterbalance, uh, the film really doesn't work. And I, I think both performances are just exceptionally good. Yeah. Um, the fact that Allen has this, you know, sort of the show your lines and show your moments um, doesn't in any way take away from the fact that you know, Garrett just, I mean, absolutely, I think absolutely kills it in the film um, in such a good way. The the casting process, uh, Alan was the very first person who was cast. Um, and, you know, obviously that's sort of the, the central role to the film. And uh, we talked and thought about a lot of people. And thankfully, Alan's um, agent and manager got a very good representative team. And, and they quickly got on board and had him read it. And it really was within a few days after sort of first pitching the idea to them and talking to them about it. That uh, that Alan and I were talking directly, and and he was in a, um, committing to the film. Uh, so once you have an actor of his stature, and, and you know, there's a, actors love to work with other great actors, and he's got a great reputation not only for being an exceptional actor, but just being a, a good guy. He's he's funny, he's fun, uh, he's charming, and so you know, it, it wasn't a huge challenge to to get some of these great, experienced professional actors to come and. You know, guys like Greg Henry and Francis and yeah. Kelly Williams and Don Franklin and Chris Mulkey. And, I mean, they were excited to be a part of the project. Um, and uh, yeah. and then the final, you know, piece was finding Isaac. And, and we reached out to you know, casting directors across the country. We, re- we reached out to Down Syndrome Associations across the country. And it turns out Isaac was, you know, right here under our nose here in Los Angeles. And I saw his audition online and... and uh, Went down and met him, and he was wonderful. He he's a talented actor. He's a sweet, smart kid, and it was so touching when I finally told him that I wanted him to star in the movie. He broke down in tears, mm-hmm. and he said, "The dream of my life just came true." Oh. And to, to see that kind of honest, heartfelt reaction, you know, because far too often, you know, you know, actors say, "Yeah, well, I booked the job, and that's cool." Uh, yeah, but he <laughs> just had such an honest, true emotion, and and uh, he was a great reminder to all of us. Of, how much joy there should be in the process, and loved working with them. Yeah, and and it's a very understated, um, <coughs> excuse me, performance by Isaac in the film. I mean, it it it's he's there isn't a lot of dialogue, but he's but he really is a very emotive um, in terms of the different uh, well throughout throughout the uh, film, and particularly some key scenes. Uh, he does a great job, and I, I attribute that as well to to your ability as a director to to be able to get that performance uh, from him. Um, and you're right about uh, to me, uh, Alan Cumming is uh, is uh, he's good. He's I mean they're both very there's sort of quiet power to Garrett Delahunt's um, performance, yes. uh, which really does, as you say, make the it really film actually works very well because of the dynamics between those two characters um by the way i didn't realize alan cummings had such a good voice is that that is actually him singing in this uh yeah he uh, i mean he um i guess people more people than than i mean it actually surprises me how how um how sort of forgotten it is that he actually won the tony for uh best actor in a musical back in uh it was 19 was that cabaret yeah uh, it was about 10 years back uh cabaret and You know, I mean, he's he's an exceptionally talented uh, music, musician, singer, uh, musical comedy actor, um, 
or in that case, musical drama actor, I should say. Right. Um, so yeah, he's he's got a, he's got a, a very strong voice. He has an album out. He does a cabaret show. He tours. Yeah. I mean, performs just did a performance with he and Liza Minnelli. You know, so yeah, yeah he's a he's quite talented. He's a very he's got as they say terrific range. He really he really does have. Uh, all of that. So, yeah. uh, by the by the way, also uh, we're speaking with the director of Any Day Now, Travis Fine. Uh, by the way, this has done exceptionally well at a number of different uh, film festivals, audience award. I think ten audience award winner uh, winning um, um, uh, awards for a different and as well as best actor at a number of other film festivals, including Tribeca. Uh, Chicago International Film Festival, Napa Film Festival, etc. So the film on the on the circuit on the film festival circuit has done very well. It comes out today mm-hmm. uh, throughout Southern California, and you are going to be uh, running around a town quite a bit in the next couple of days. And I want to make sure I get get this correct where you're going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, we've got you at oh boy. Where are you? Uh, here we are. I'm, I'm uh, fri- Friday night, you're going to be at the uh, Sundance Sunset Cinema, which is a great uh, uh, theater to, to see um, anyone, a, a film at. So you're going to be there uh, tonight? Mm-hmm. There's then a 7.15 show there tonight that, I'll be, that yeah. I'll be speaking at afterwards. And then also at on Saturday, you'll be at the 7.10 showing at the, at the Playhouse 7. That's the, the one in Pasadena, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Uh, Sunday, you will be at the Town Center Five here in Orange County. Uh, on uh, uh, no, that's, oh, that's no, another. That's, that's Encino, isn't it? My bad. That's in, yeah, that's that's up in Encino. As well, and then also sprinting uh, across town to the Monica Four for the four twenty showing. Uh, so you're you're. I think I think with the four hundred five freeway, it won't be so much sprinting; it'll be crawling down. <laughs> <laughs> even on a even on a Sunday da- even on a Sunday afternoon, it's still a crawl down the four hundred five, not a sprint. It's true. It's true. Well, well, we'll we'll have the maybe we want to get you a, one of the uh, escorts, a police escort, as you as you uh, move around the, yeah. the community. Sure. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just uh, I, again, really a um, uh, a heartwarming film. You know, it's easy to be sort of cynical about. You know, we're all kind of that. It's, it's easy to go jaded. But when you see a film like this, where it really uh, that very effectively puts its emotions and its feelings on its sleeve, uh, to see it so well executed, uh, because there is a pretty thin line between that and 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 going over the edge with a film like this, and it feels it feels true to itself throughout, uh, and uh, that's that's quite an accomplishment in and of itself, given where this could have gone. So. Um, Thank you. Now, how many days, just in getting sort of the film school part of this uh, to talk yeah. about, shooting schedule and, and all of that, how many days did, did this uh, take to, to do? Well, we, we had 22 days of principal photography and, and one sort of short day of, um, you know, sort of staccato day of picking up a few pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, a, it was a very quick shoot, um, two six-day weeks, two five-day weeks, and we were done. Yeah. That seems to be the, that twenty-two to twenty-five day range seems to be for uh, most of the directors I speak with, indie directors. It's about as much time as you can get. I'm sure there's financial constraints in the rest of it, right? Yeah, it. it I mean, it's it, it's financial. Sometimes it's. I mean, the past two films that I've done, I've had uh, Alan Cummings and and Garrett starring in this one. My last film before this, I had Melissa Leo. Yeah. And sometimes it's also not only driven by. Um, 
their money, but how much time you can get them for? Because you're you're in a, you're in essence not paying them. I mean, they're it's, yeah. they're you know for all intents and purposes, they're coming out of pocket to come and work in your film because of how little they're being paid each day and and what they're giving up on the other side. So uh, they and their agents usually aren't real keen on you know giving you months and months to right to, right to steal them and, and not pay them. So. Hey, you know, and oftentimes with their projects. I mean, Alan, we literally got Alan a couple of days after he finished The Good Wife and sent him away literally the day that he was scheduled to leave to head back to Europe. And same thing with Melissa. She had just finished The Fighter. Yeah. And she came to do my last movie and was heading off to do Treme. And I mean, you know, it's bang, bang. They're, they're in. You get them for those few weeks and then you've got to ship them off. So, yeah. um, you know, you have to be prepared, ready to go and, and uh, you know, have everything set up and planned and, 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 uh, now, now there's just not a lot of time to screw around. Right, right. Well, and that that's absolutely true, and that is the key. And I think so much uh, that so many of the these terrific actors who you see in in independent films, uh, for many of them, it's an opportunity to really do what they love, which is is to develop character uh, and and really in, in, inhabit that that role, which they don't often get a chance to do if they're doing a, a big budget um, block Michael Bay kind of film. This is an opportunity for them to really. Really exercise that 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 muscle, that acting muscle, and um, so. Yeah, and I would I would also say it's also an opportunity. You know, I mean, strategically, the the last two films, uh, you know, I've, I've understood that I can't compete with a studio, I can't compete with financially, I can't compete, and so what I had to offer was a chance, you know, a a, a great acting role yeah. and, a, and a lead role, yeah. which for an actor like Alan, he certainly works all the time, but you know. The studios aren't, have not offered him an opportunity to carry a film, so I knew that there would be some yeah. allure to him coming and working on the project. You know, same with Melissa, even though she, you know, now that she's won the Oscar, obviously things have changed drastically for her. Right. Tell me, just as we as we wind down here, tell me a little bit about working with your wife on a on a film like this. Product. She was in in production. For, um, to, with the relationship, um, have you worked? Did you work with her be, before this? Uh, yeah, we 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 produced uh, the space between together. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, um, my bad. No, that's okay. Yeah, and we've we've produced a couple kids together, which is probably <laughs> our best production. Um, and uh, no, we we have been partners in so many ways. Uh, we've been together 14 years. We've worked in real estate together. We've worked in uh, um, investing together. I mean, we've done uh, you know pretty much everything we've done has been tied together. We have one of those unique relationships where we not only enjoy each other at home, but we also enjoy each other in the business environment. And, um, so she's, you know, there's nothing better than to be on the set and to know that my producing partner uh, has my back completely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a trust factor there. There's a, there's a love factor. There's a, an appreciation that just, it, for me, it makes the experience very, very whole and complete. I once, years ago, had the great fortune of working in Girl Interrupted with James Mangold and Kathy Conrad. And I always so admired their relationship you know, the, with, with him directing and her producing and, and saw that sort of love and trust between them. And, um, you know, I'm really kind of thrilled that I've, that he's got a, a, you know, my own version of that. Yeah. Well, I, I would want to just say real quick as, as we, uh, as we part ways here, uh, the film is playing, uh, at those theaters we mentioned, and it's also on the website, if you can go, your website, uh, for any day now, com. And and as well as a, a very good distributor, Music Box Films really do a great job um, marketing and getting the word out on on um, on these independent films. 
Um, they do. And, and so it's a good partnership. Very good film, excellent film, and the acting, as I said, is just it's wonderful. It's really uh, it's a it's a treat to watch good actors do what they do. And um, I want to thank you so much for being here, Travis. Um, and thank thank you for having me. You're welcome. The film is any day now. Um, it is play, playing um, throughout Los Angeles and hopefully down here in Orange County soon enough. And it um, actually opens it opens at the University or Regal. Oh, University Town. opens tonight. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't see that. I was looking for it. Okay, well, it's, there you go. It That's opens. Okay. Yeah, it opens tonight at University Town Center and um, throughout Los Angeles. Uh, Travis Fine, thank you for being here on Film School. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.